This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. The game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by World of Spas. And now, the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Now the Oilers need a goal, and they'll need it from Leon Dreisaitl. One of two this year. He'll be coming from left to right, trying to extend this shootout. In across the blue line, top of the circle, Dreisaitl, poke check Riddick, and he made the save. Riddick throws his stick, quite animated as Calgary celebrates. It lived up to the hype, and that's how it ended. Leon Dreisaitl denied by David Riddick on a shootout attempt. Sean Monahan scored the only goal of the shootout. Nugent Hopkins and McDavid both off the goalpost before Dreisaitl shot for the Oilers, and Calgary takes it 4-3. A very spirited game, a very tense game. Overall, quite entertaining. You got the fight you wanted with Kachuk and Cassian. You had a bonus bout a little earlier in the game with Nugent Hopkins taking on Monaghan. The Oilers were able to come from behind three times. They never led in this game, and they could ultimately not get the victory. So the Oilers go to 26-18-6 on the season. They're a couple points behind Calgary in the standings. We'll update the uh, standings here in a few minutes. The Oilers are 6-2-2 since Christmas. Three of their four defeats have been to the Calgary Flames. The other one was that loss to the uh, Buffalo Sabres. That one was in overtime. Thanks for tuning in tonight. It's 20 after 11. We're live in Studio 99. Overtime open line, courtesy Hartland Ford, along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins. Man, where to begin tonight? And I guess in a game like this, you start at the end and a, a, a shootout with a couple of close calls. Well, really three close calls for the Oilers. And Monaghan was able to put away Calgary's first attempt. Okay. Do we have... Well, there we go. Well, Monahan was a great play. He came down on Smith. He opens his leg, puts the puck in the back of the net, and it's always tough. It always seems like you're swimming uphill when the other team scores first, as Calgary did tonight. Uh, Players will say they had the goalie beat when they hit a post. Goalies will say, uh, you know, I had my angle. That's all you had to shoot at. And on the third one, and I wonder if it's true, if there's a little fatigue factor. Leon Dreisaitl was absolutely exhausted at the end of overtime. wonder if Riddich read that. He saw he was coming in a little slower than he normally does. Maybe the fatigue got to him, but a great play, a great save by Riddich, who was absolutely outstanding game of it. game tonight. He was the difference for the Calgary Flames. Uh, and, and you could see the emotion. I mean, it was, the, it was a mic drop with his stick after he, he, he made that last save, but it just shows you the importance of this game to these teams tonight. Both teams brought everything they had tonight. They were absolutely spent. 
after the, the final buzzer went just before the shootout. This was everything you could have hoped for in a hockey game, and we got it here tonight other than the victory. Yeah, really entertaining game. The, the Oilers, I, I thought in the first period, Rob, coming out of that long break, Calgary did play yesterday. I, I thought the Oilers looked like a, li- a little bit they were in slow motion for the first maybe 10 to 12 minutes. And one thing I was watching... When the Oilers dumped the puck in, no one was moving. It was a, a player sort of tentatively getting it across the red line, going to shoot it in. His line mates are standing still, and they weren't retrieving a lot of pucks that way. But it seems once they got into the flow a little bit, clearly they improved. Yeah, but that's something that we, we talked about in the pregame. It's You would expect it. Uh, they, I mean, most of them did skate for a week, and they've had a couple of practices, and practices aren't game situations. The Calgary Flames... Even though it's back-to-back nights for them, they had a bit of an advantage because they got to play last night. So you know that there was going to be a little rust, and you had to weather the storm. The Oilers did a pretty good weathering storm. They only had gave up the one, fell behind one goal, and then they started pushing. And after that, I, I think they had more grade-A scoring opportunities in the course of the game that Riddich had to make saves on. Having said that, uh, there were two or three big saves by Mike Smith. Uh, I don't know if there was any bigger than the Derek... Ryan breakaway that he stopped that would have been the end of the game that would have been a two goal lead with uh, under 10 minutes to go in the hockey game Smith saves that and allows the Oilers to have their uh, dramatic comeback tie uh, with the, the Benning goal so so much to happen in this tonight's hockey game uh, you left uh, as a fan exhausted because it was uh, an entertaining game from start to finish. How about the goal by Matt Benning? Finally back in the lineup, first time since December 1st. A play down the right wing boards where McDavid was with him. Mm-hmm. And obviously, you want to get the puck to McDavid, but not to where it might be forced. And I think Benning read there that there wasn't a comfortable pass to give it to McDavid, so he took it in himself. Well, the Calgary Flames, Backlund and Hannafin were both back there. Backlund let Benning go by because he knew where McDavid was. The The most dangerous play, player on the ice at any time for the O's is always going to be Connor McDavid. Backlund did the right thing. He said, all right, I'm leaving Benning to go to my defenseman. Now Hannafin, an absolutely horrific read on the play. Uh, Benning was coming in, looks like he might go wide, but Hannafin turned his feet. Now his feet are facing the boards. As soon as he did that, Benning had the entire inside of the ice to take and Hannafin couldn't get him terrible read you never let the, uh, a forward or a def- an opposing player get to the inside on you and then after that a nice smart play by Benny he does a little flick of the wrist to open the legs of uh, Riddich I mean it, you're sitting in the sand you're going how could he let that one in and to me it's that's just a smart play by Benning opening the legs of the goaltender and then finding the spot to put it so a uh, huge goal I, I'm excited for Matt Benning it has been a tough year for him injury wise uh, to come back in the first game in, uh, what is it, a month since we last saw Matt Almost Benning. two months. Almost yeah. two months. In, in almost two months to come back and score, not only score a goal, but score a goal as important as the one he scored and as pretty as the one he scored. Good for Matt. 4-3, Calgary takes it in a shootout. Great game tonight at Rogers Place. The Flames are 3-0 and against the Oilers this season. They have two more games remaining Saturday in Calgary, final game of the regular season in Calgary in April. We'll have post-game reaction from both dressing rooms. I'll just read a quote here from Kachuk, tweeted out by Eric Francis. I wanted to do it earlier but Cassian said no, it was too early or something. After the Nugent Hopkins fight, he wanted in on the action and I said sure, I'll do it. I just wanted to stick up for myself. Every time someone said don't do it maybe want to do it even more. Quick quote there for Matthew Kachuk. Uh, again, I give him credit. It's, it, I mean, he was giving up a lot of weight. Cassian's a tougher player. He's a tougher fighter. He's a better fighter and he's a lefty. Uh, Kachuk took the fight, and now we can, I mean, 
we can forget about it. We just think about hockey because that, after the way we watched that game and the, the, the effort and the entertainment value that we got, that was just a sideshow. The game itself was what uh, brought people out of their seats time and time again tonight. So uh, Kachuk and Cassian, uh, it's over until the next time one of them runs each other, then it'll start again. Well, and if you missed it earlier, though, I'm sure you've heard by now, Cassian gets a four-year contract extension. He will not be a free agent on July 1st. $3.2 million is the average annual value. So, yes, it, it, may, be, it may die down for now. I mean, Kachuk's, Kachuk was drafted in 2016. He has a lot of hockey left, so I'm sure those two guys and other players on the on the Oilers and Flames will be going head-to-head in the years to come. But but Cassian doesn't mind being at the center of it. Chuck certainly doesn't mind being at the center of it. They both they both know how they play. Uh, they're going to be vilified in the other city and heroes in the city they play it. And that, to me, that's all part of the fun. Well, they're not going to change the way they play. Uh, and the way they play, the abrasive style that they play with a little bit of cockiness in it is going to lead to each other uh, meeting again whether it's through big hits or fights or whatever you have. But uh, at least now we don't have to talk about it anymore. We can just start talking about uh, the Oilers' march to hopefully a, a division title. They took one point tonight, which got them, gets them a, a little bit closer to where they want to be. But the Calgary Flames have been a nemes- nemesis for them this year. And if you want to be ahead of Calgary come playoff time... You're going to have to beat them at some point. You're going to have to beat them eventually, yeah. I, I mean, there's so the season series is six points to one, and Calgary's two points ahead of Edmonton in the standings. So that, that's a huge difference right there. The Oilers did have three power plays in the third period. Could not tally on any of them. They did have a power play in the second period. Alex Chason scored. The Flames 0 for 1 on their man advantage. You know, obviously a little bit lopsided on the power plays. I, I didn't think any penalty that was called could, could be debated. I wouldn't want to referee a game like that. I mean, the power plays could have been nine each. If and, and there were plays where both teams cross I mean, check slashes that I mean, Nurse absolutely railroaded Kachuk into headfirst in the Bernardo boards. And got a penalty for doing, two minutes later doing the same thing. And you could see the Flames were mad about that. So they're understandably. And then McDavid was not happy about uh, Giordano sticking his leg. It could have been called something there too. So uh, yeah, it, I don't think the referees really influenced the outcome of this hockey game. And that's the way you want to have it at the end of the night. I thought the players came to play, and they they were smart enough till the third period. I mean, the Calgary Flames did take some dumb penalties in the third period. And if you want to beat Edmonton, you can't put them on the power play. The Oilers missed a golden opportunity to steal an extra point here tonight with their power play in the third. I know I know a couple people have asked, why were the Flames whistled for too many men when they didn't have the puck? You can be whistled for too many men if it affects the play. Yep. And, and I think what the, the interpretation there was, Dreisaitl looks up and sees an extra Calgary defender on the ice. So even though you're racing off the ice, well, sometimes you get dinged in that situation even well, if you're defending. On that one there, the biggest reason is, is the, the two defenders that came off the bench were now in play. Right, yeah, right. So they, like, they're in play. Oh, yeah, if you're, if you're participating. So yeah. like they, they are now, it's a three-on-two. Well, now all of a sudden those two guys are there. If the change was made properly, it would have been a three-on-one. And to make matters worse, Giordano, who was the guy racing off the ice, actually bumped into the ref, the one that called the penalty. So it's kind of hide the fact that you have too many men on the ice when you bump into the ref as you're leaving the ice. It was the right call. It was a, it was a good call at the moment. Unfortunately, the Oilers weren't able to take advantage of it. All right, really good game tonight. Calgary takes it 4-3 in a shootout. Let's go down to the Oilers dressing room for GCL Diesel. Genuine diesel parts and turbochargers at great prices. GCLDiesel.com. Here's Zach Cassian. <laughs> 
I thought we were all right. I thought the first we were a little, uh, little rusty, but um, that's going to happen. Obviously, they played a game. Uh, that was our first one. Um, thought we made a few mistakes in the D zone, um, but there was no stopping our game. We, we, we ended up fighting back and uh, getting into a shootout tough. We had two posts, and they ended up scoring. Um, get a point, move on. Did you, did you, we saw you chatting with Kachuk on yeah. all the draws. Uh, yeah. How did it fold down that it finally happened? Yeah, just putting into it, right? He's, uh, he wanted to fight right away, but I, uh, I wanted to keep him guessing a little bit. And, uh, <laughs> but he wanted to, I respect him for that. And I told him before we even dropped the gloves when we were going to, um, it's the way it is. Now it's over. Um, wish that would have happened, uh, in the first place and then it would have been done, but, um, Respect him for stepping up to the plate. Um, uh, that's that. He wanted to fight. He wanted to fight you. Was it the opening draw or the first? Yeah, the first shift. Yeah, first shift. Yeah. Um, but I kind of wanted to do it on my terms. I wanted to make him wait a little bit, think about it a little bit. Um, part of the game, game within the game. Um, it's tough when they score the first shift of the game, right? But uh, hey, we got a point. There's going to be some highs and lows. We got to stay meaty, uh, even keel here throughout this uh, 33 three games here. Just to clarify, like what? You said you talked to him a little bit before you guys fought. What What are you saying to him in that moment? You. I just told him that they'll come. Just wait. Just wait for it. <laughs> and obviously, uh, he wanted to get it done um, over quick. And like I said, I respect the guy. Um, I always said he was a good player. I respect him for stepping up to the plate like that. Did he say anything nice in return after after things? Like, are you guys... No. no. <laughs> Did they exchange Valentine's? Yeah, no, it's not, it's not one of those things. Were you expecting him to be willing to go tonight? Honestly, this is one of the games, you guys, the speculations, I had no clue going into the game what the heck possibly could happen. Um, our main focus was two points. I told you guys that yesterday. Uh, we came with one. I wish we would have uh, got two, but um, game over the break. We got a point. We got to move forward. We got two um, two really big games again coming up. All of them are big. So, so uh, you signed a new deal today, yeah. a four-year deal. Uh, just your thoughts on being here now for month, all the rest yeah, of your career. Yeah, that was supposed to be quiet. That was supposed to be quiet and released tomorrow, so I don't know who, uh, who leaked it. I think it was a little bit of a distraction. I wish it didn't come out before the game, but... Hey, I'm happy to be here. Um, I love being an Oiler. I love the city. love the fans. love my teammates. Uh, I feel when Kenny came in with Tip, uh, they're building something special here. and um, I'm happy to be a small piece to that, to that puzzle. So um, more than happy. Um, excited for myself, excited for my family, for my daughter. Um, life's good. I wonder if there's some reflection on a day you sign a contract like that, just sort of where this whole thing started in terms of you getting your footing again in the league and to inking a deal like that. Yeah, ago. I didn't, I had no time to think really. I We we got back from break and you're trying to, to ramp it up. Obviously, it'll be some, I'll probably think about it a little bit tonight, have more answers for you tomorrow on that, but um, going into a game, especially this game, right, you didn't know what was going to happen. You wanted to, you wanted to kind of put the contract aside and wait for tomorrow for it to come out. It ends up coming out, but um, all in all, very excited. Um, excited for the playoff push, get this team into the playoffs, and like I said earlier, excited to be a small piece to, to a big puzzle that Kenny's trying to, to build a contender around here. All right, that is Zach Cassian as the Oilers fall 4-3 in a shootout to the Calgary Flames. Uh, so a little bit of insight there, and we'll hear from Kachuk in a minute or two here about uh, the discussions that happen on the ice about when are we going to do it? And, and you know, you, you blame Cassian for saying, well, okay, Matthew, I appreciate it, but it's going to be when I want to do it. Oh, 
No, I mean, casting gets to pick a spot. I mean, I can tell you from experience that if I ever asked anyone to fight, I mean, it happened right then because they were excited because <laughs> they got to beat me up sooner than than later. Um, I, I, it's funny because I, I was never able to fight unless I was really, really, really angry. Right. So when some guy says, you know what, hey, let's fight now. You know what, why don't we la wait a little bit later and then we'll, then we'll get to it. That makes me just like, okay, how do you have, come up with that, the, the, uh, what is it, the anger to get into a fight a little bit later? Oh, we're, okay, we'll discuss it, okay? But no, Cassian, it's gamesmanship. And you would think, too, it, it's obviously been on Kachuk's mind for a while, and he talked about it. The sooner it's done in the game, the more easier he can get into playing his game. Kachuk's a very good hockey player. Uh, he'd be in their top three for sure. Some might think they're top two. So the longer you have something else on his mind, the better it is for you in your, in your game because maybe you take him off his game a bit. So uh, Cassian tried fighting him in Calgary. Kachuk didn't take that one, so that allowed Cassian to dictate when the fight was going to happen. All right, Flames win 4-3 in a shootout as we check the scoreboard for Edmonton Trailer. Looking for parts, service, rentals, or new and used semi-trailers, head to edmontontrailer.com. The Maple Leafs win 5-3 over Dallas. Predators outscore the Capitals 5-4. The Ducks do the Oilers, Flames, well, I guess, and Canucks and Golden Knights. All a bit of a favor. The Ducks beat the Coyotes 4-2. The Lightning knock off the Kings 4-2. And Vancouver, first place in the Pacific, beating San Jose 5-2 tonight. So Pacific Division, Vancouver with 62 points, Calgary with 60, Edmonton with 58, Vegas and Arizona both with 57. So still, still tight, but, uh, you know, the Canucks, another win. Another win tonight. Calgary gets two points. Edmonton gets one. So this is going to be a really fun stretch drive. All right, let's get the turtle out of his shell. Down to the Flames dressing room for BDO First Call Debt Solutions, bankruptcies and consumer proposals, license insolvency trustees. Here's Matthew Kachuk. Um, well, I think from, uh, you know, it, uh, it had nothing to do with, like, the hits or anything like that. I just didn't like, you know, getting kind of humbled at home um, like I did. So I wanted to, um, you know, a lot of people didn't want me to do it, but I wanted to. So, um, you know, it's kind of a way um, for me to stick up for myself. It wasn't had anything to do with you knowing when anybody or anything. It was just I was doing it for myself there. Is it settled in your in your mind? Um, I don't. I, I didn't even know it wasn't settled. So I, I just think it's two good teams that are going at it. Um, uh, after that, I mean, it was just you know big hits, physical. But uh, you know, all in all, it was it was a good game from both two good teams. Um, you know, it was it was a great atmosphere in there, honestly, and it was a, it was a good win for us. We needed it. Was the adrenaline from the previous fight did that help set up this, your fight with Zach, or did you see it coming for a while? Um, I don't know. You'd have to ask him. I mean, I kind of I wanted to do it earlier and he said you know no it's too early or so. I don't I don't even know and uh and I think after the fight it got him he wanted in on the action and I was like sure I'll do it absolutely did you see him kind of give you a nod of approval after the fight or uh no I just went right to the, the uh, locker room when when you say people were telling you you didn't need to fight him what what did make it important for you to to do that tonight I just want I just want to stick up for myself yeah, no, each time, every time somebody said don't do it, no, I wanted me to do it. Maybe you want to do it more, so it's fine. <laughs> Matthew, why have you beaten them three times in a row now? 
I don't, I don't know. I think the first one was we came in here after Christmas. It seems like we played them. You know, we played them in the last month, uh, three times. So, first time we came here, we were both a little rusty, and we we played well here. And we didn't give up much. Second game uh, it was a very intense game back in Calgary, and a one goal gritty win. And then tonight it was back and forth all night, um, chippy early. Then it got into you know some more of you know playing you know, up and down hockey towards the end. And overtime, I'm sure. I don't know what you guys saw, but I thought it was pretty fun. Um, it was kind of back and forth, and um, I had some, uh, you know, kind of a marathon shift there at the end, so I was a little tired for the shootout, but I thought all in all it was up and down overtime and a good ending for us. How much are you looking forward to Saturday? Um, I mean, honestly, right now I just want to go home and go to bed, but uh, um, tomorrow I'm going to be gearing up for it and I'm going to be pumped. You're a huge hockey fan. Was that game everything that a fan or someone like you would love to see on TV? Um, I don't know. I just heard a lot of people in Calgary were talking before, like it's must-see TV, and I didn't. I don't know. It was like, I guess it was a must-see hockey game for fans, and I mean, I don't know. It's two teams that uh, close, uh, close to each other city-wise, and um, fans get into it. I guess there's been a rivalry for years, and um, I mean, ever since uh, ever since I got drafted to Calgary, I, didn't, I never really knew about the Battle of Alberta, to be honest. And the day I got drafted. Um, I was told, you know, you don't like them. So uh, <laughs> it's kind of been ingrained in me. So I think that makes for maybe a good TV. But we don't care about that. We just care about winning. Okay, that's Matthew Shaw. All right, that's Kyle Morris working the visitors' dressing room tonight. The Oilers fall 4-3 in a shootout to Kachuk and the Flames. As that is a $75 donation to Ascend, uh, from Ascended Financial. The 630 Chet Santa's anonymous when the name of the game is life. There's Ascended Financial. Visit CoveredAlberta.ca. $25 bucks for every goal the Oilers score throughout the season. Uh, Leon Dreisettle was uh, picked the first star tonight. That, he got a couple points. Thought he had a bit of an up-and-down night. Uh, lost I mean, the puck a couple times. Were you talking about the assist almost the on almost the Derek assist Ryan on, one? Yes. on the other goal. Mangiapane, two goals. The third star. Benning, a great goal. Or, sorry, Mangiapane, the second star. Benning, uh, the third star, he had a great goal tonight. Riddick easily could have been a star. And again, for the Oilers, I thought Yamamoto made an impact. He scored a goal. He broke up three plays in overtime. Got stuck defending a two-on-one in the final ten seconds. Well, it was a wonderful play. I mean, he's got got Backlund and Kachuk coming down two-on-one with ten seconds to go in an overtime period. He's there playing defense and makes a nice play. Uh, I thought he was excellent. I thought early in the game when the Oilers were struggling, in the first eight to ten minutes of the hockey game, Yamamoto was the one player that wasn't. He was creating plays. He made a wonderful pass to Leon Dreisettle, set him in wide alone, which was probably the best save that Riddich had early in the hockey game. Uh, he, he's looking more and more confident. You know, when he f- first came up, he played well. He was uh, being aggressive. He, he, he's very smart with the puck. But now he, I think he's even taking another step where he's confident making plays. He's getting in on the forecheck. He, he's being physical. He's taking hits to make plays. Uh, and then, obviously, you see the, the faith and the trust that the coaching staff has in him now because he's out there in overtime and looks like a mainstay. He looked good out there. He, uh, again, not forcing things, taking his time, holding the puck a little bit longer because he knows that to make the play, he needs to hold on to it uh, uh, a tad longer to wait for things to open up for him. Uh, this kid is, uh, I don't know if they've told him or not, but he could probably go put a down payment on any house he wants in the Edmonton area. He's not going anywhere. He has solidified the Oilers' top six and had another strong game tonight. Yamamoto, our fourth star tonight for West Point of Windermere, a private estate lot only community just off Terwilliger Drive. Visit whiteeaglehomes.ca. The Oilers have to settle for a point. They lose 4-3 in a shootout to the Flames. We will get to your feedback when we get back. 
The number to both call and text is 7-8. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. 0496-0063. You'll also hear from Connor McDavid and Dave Tippett. All coming up, overtime open line, courtesy Heartland Ford. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by World of Spas. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 chair. Of the short window. Oh, oh dry side with a turnover. Dead giveaway. Derek Ryan breakaway. Wrist shot glove save. Mike Smith, a game saver. Keeps it 3-2. to two. Mike Smith stops the former U of A Golden Bear on a shorthanded breakaway. In the third, that is the save of the game brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Be wise, winterize. Matt Benning would tie it about three minutes after that. Entertaining overtime. The Flames wind up winning it 4-3 in a shootout. Sean Monahan scored the only goal in the shootout. Riddick, 31 saves. Smith, 25 tonight. Really good battle of Alberta. 4-3 Calgary in a shootout is the final. A couple of texts to 6-30, Carson says somebody should mention great game for Gagne. Almost scored the goal of the game. And Jared says you have to leave Gagne at center against St. Louis, don't you? Um, yeah, I thought he played well. I thought the fourth line uh, created momentum. Uh, he, <laughs> it was an odd two-on-one that he had where he did the spinorama and actually got the puck between the goalie's legs. Unfortunately, the goalie was slid across a little bit and it was wide of the net. Uh, I think the way the team played tonight, I'm not sure that the Oilers will make any lineup changes. I guess the only question mark is who's going to be the goalie going forward. Well, Nygaard's, both of them, Nygaard's hurt. Oh, sorry. Nygaard will be out, so that'll be... Like, well, likely will be out. Likely Hawes will be back in, I would imagine, for that one. Patrick Russell, I mean, if he goes on IR, you could call up Cave, call up Benson. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, and goaltending, both goalies will play this week. They'll it's just split these of, two games. Just a matter of who plays first. I would... Yeah, I don't want to... I, I would... If it's me, I go Koskinen and Friday, Smith right back in against Calgary. Yeah. Sounds fair. I mean, I don't think he can go wrong either way. I think Koskinen is itching to get back in the oh, net. Oh, for sure. So hopefully he'll, uh, I mean, now he's now playing for time. He's playing for opportunities to get back in the net. So each time he gets in there, he has to have a strong game because Smith right now has set the bar. Whenever the Oilers score five or more in a game, we turn on the Japanese Village Goal Light on the Oilers page on 630Ched.com. That allows you to print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village. Triple A steak, succulent seafood cooked at your table. Celebrate your senses. The Oilers get stuck at three tonight. The goal scorers were Yamamoto, Chase on on the power play, and Benning getting his first of the season. And Oh, they added an assist to uh, James Neal on that goal as well. First, they just announced it from Chris Russell. 780-496-0063. We have TW on the line. TW, thanks for calling. Go ahead. Hey, first of all, it's a pleasure to, to be on. I'm actually listening to you down here in uh, on Cali- in California. I, I, I look forward to this game. I can't remember the last time that I took off from work 
uh, to listen to an Oiler game, and, and it was uh, this picture was already, or the story was already written. I knew Chuck and uh, and Cassian were going to fight. I knew Tree Levin and, and the way that the, that Calgary plays that there was no way it was going to, uh, you know, this wasn't going to turn into a McCarty Lemieux type thing. But I got a lot of respect for both organizations for the way that they played this game tonight. And I, I, I really just held because I want to tell you what a great job that uh, Michaels and Stoffer do. And, and even though it's been 10 years since I visited the great province of Alberta, I'll always have a, a piece of you guys in my mind. And thank you for bringing a piece of Alberta to California. You do an awesome job. And once again, I got to salute both organizations for the way they handle this. It's done. It's over now. It won't turn into a Bertuzzi situation. Thank God for that. But, uh, you know, both teams really live up tonight and once again TW appreciate your time okay yeah thanks TW we appreciate you calling in and listening for sure and, and, and I mean it was a highly entertaining hockey game I, I mean we, the, we had the fights in the first period there were good offensive plays there there were good saves it was always tied or within a goal the overtime as it often is 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 fantastic tense exhausting in some ways and, and we should mention, I mean, go back to Yamamoto, our adjustment of the game for the Alberta College and Association of Chiropractors. If it hurts, see a chiropractor. Visit albertachiro.com. McDavid and Dreisaitl did not start the overtime together. They still played together quite a bit, but they did not start the overtime. And that would be the first time that, that I can remember. When they've both been in the in the game. Yeah, but, so uh, uh, the one... And if you missed it, Yamamoto and Dreisaitl started. Uh, and the one... Well, a couple of reasons that may have happened. One, the Oilers have not had success in overtime as of late. Uh, the magic has kind of worn off with, with Leon and Connor. Things just hadn't clicked as of late. And the other thing, too, the Calgary Flames is, did tonight with their starting lineup in overtime is what I think is the only way you can play. When Leon and Connor are together, you have to have one forward, two defensemen. You can't go two and one like everyone else does. Tonight, Calgary in overtime, they started Lindholm, and they had two defensemen out there, Giordano and Brody. When, you, when they did that, all of a sudden, it was Connor and Leon were split up. So now when Connor comes out in the second unit, he's not going against two defensemen. That was a huge advantage to, to Connor when he got out there. And then it was just a matter of trading chances and which team got the better break or the better bounce. Uh, both goaltenders made fantastic saves in overtime. Uh, there were some pretty plays. There were some what you thought were game-ending opportunities that never came to fruition. Uh, and again, as I said upstairs if there was not a better display of why the, the NHL should go to 10 minute overtimes than what we saw tonight because it was that's the way hockey should end yeah, well, it shouldn't end on a shootout a guy hitting a post or a guy diving a goalie it should end in overtime because I mean it was as you said it was breathtaking and uh, you felt absolutely zapped at the end of that overtime not as not as tired as leon was but like, right. it, or to chuck as he was, said in his interview it was it was it, so to me make it a 10 minute overtime i don't think you're going to get shootouts very often if you go 10 minute well, overtime. And, I, and i wonder too if there'd be you know for the oilers somebody like archibald might get thrown well, you, out there for a shift if or, you're going 10 minutes in overtime other players you can't go just because there aren't players. a lot of whistles no and you see so but you can't go four players they'd be i mean you saw how exhausted they were yeah so you might get to minutes. see some other players to see what they can do when there's when there's space well and ice. you'll see more mistakes too right which, which is which even more that's goals. that's the exciting part of it tony writes in on the text line he says how come no call on giordano when he hit mcdavid knee on knee he goes i said it last year giordano meant to hurt mcdavid someone has to get him the next game he almost made McDavid lose his career, and uh, Tony thinks that Giordano is trying to take McDavid 
out of the game. He's not. Giordano is not trying to intentionally hurt Connor McDavid. The reason there wasn't a penalty to me simply is Connor McDavid didn't fall down. I know that it, it still should have been because as you said upstairs, it it changed. Well, what what the contact was actually turned out to be skate on skate. Skate on skate. Yes, it it, it wasn't the on it was skate on skate, but it was it should have been a trip because there was the attempt to trip on it. Um, any other player would have fallen. Connor, as we've seen, is the best, strongest player. Well, a lot on of players skates. might not have been able to get out of the way. You're right, absolutely. Well, actually, uh, the, uh, the other, he wouldn't have had to stick his leg out on most players because most players aren't going to be able to go side to side like that. And he, and that's the thing is what we see with Connors, players are in the right position. Giordano is in the exact right position on every other player in the NHL except Connor McDavid. No other player can shift like Connor did. And we've seen that a number of times, the, the breakaway that Connor got. The two defensemen played it perfectly. They had the exact amount of space between them and the, 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 the zone. They were close together, so the guys shouldn't be able to get between them. But Connor is different than any other player in the NHL. So all of a sudden, you're playing in a game, you're like, okay, I'm in the right position. Oh, wait, he's on a breakaway. So and that's what happened on that play. Giordano thought he had him, and all of a sudden, McDavid goes by him. It was skate on skate. It should have been a tripping penalty, but the fact that McDavid didn't go down is probably why the refs didn't call it. Let's hear from McDavid, courtesy GCL Diesel. Genuine diesel parts and turbochargers at great prices. GCLDiesel.com. How do you feel you guys played summarize the night? It's always tough coming back from a break, and, and uh, our team has not been very good when, when we have come back from breaks. But, um, you know, I thought... Uh, a little bit of a fluky one to start there and you know puts us behind the eight ball but we thought we did a good job battling back um earning ourselves a point and then losing in a skills competition it's pretty clear you weren't thrilled with that hit that you're down through on you how did how did you see that i don't want to start a big media circus at all i want to see he's a, he's a guy that plays hard and, and that's it Connor, that game was so much fun to watch, just that intensity, because what's it like to play in those games like that, with that intensity and that rivalry and just going back and forth like that? Yeah, it's lots of fun. You know, it's fun when, when you're playing in games that matter, and, and uh, tonight was one that mattered for sure, and the crowd felt that. Um, you know, both teams felt that, and you know, it was fun to be part of. Uh, one fight maybe people expected, one maybe they didn't expect, but you kind of think that once that got resolved in the first, everyone sort of turned to hockey, two points, and, and just kind of going in that direction. Yeah, I mean, I thought both teams did a good job selling it. Um, you know, nothing crazy happened that that, that didn't need to happen. Um, you know, credit to credit to a guy that uh, that stepped up and fought fought a big big guy in, in Cassian. So, um, you know, got to give him credit for stepping in and standing in there. I mean, there's not many guys that would do that for Cass, against Cassian, but um, you know, ultimately he he was running around, so he's got to do that. So, um, yeah. Uh, announced today that Zach signed his contract. Maybe I'll just ask you about. Uh, yeah, he means a ton to our group. Um, you know, he's, he's a vocal guy in our room, brings the emotion, brings the intensity each and every night, and, and uh, I'm glad that he's going to be here for, for a long time. As a skill guy, there's a history in this town of the skill guy having a guy in his wing that can play, but is also tough and protects him. Is that, in today's game, still valuable to you as a sentiment? Absolutely, yeah. Um, you know, you need uh, you need those those big tough guys on your on your team, and, and it's nice to nice to play with one uh, alongside me every night. And um, you know, obviously, there's there's not many bigger and tougher than Zach Cassian, so um, it's fun to play with. All right, that is Connor McDavid, who is now tied for the league lead in scoring with Leon Drysaddle. McDavid gets a point tonight. Drysaddle gets two. 
So they both have 77 points. Uh, McDavid asked about it, said he is not going to start a media circus <laughs> on the play with uh, with Giordano, which means he, if he did say how he felt, it would probably be uh, a big news story. But Connor obviously is pretty pretty guarded usually with stuff like that. 7804960063. We have Curtis standing by. Curtis, thanks a lot for calling. Go ahead, sir. Hey, I'd just like to say uh, concerning Yamamoto's game, his defensive play is extremely underrated. Like the way that that guy backchecks to get gets under sticks and under bodies and turns the play around is incredible. I'd also like to say that it sure was nice to see Cassian get under Kachuk and really hit him with the high. All right. Auditioning for the, to be the next Jack Michaels. There we go. <laughs> Oilers lose 4-3 in a shootout to the Calgary Flames. So we're looking for somebody to finish the play as well. 780-496-0063. Zach, Robert, and Rocket coming up on the phone lines. You're going to hear from both head coaches as well. We're live in Studio 99. Overtime open line, courtesy Hartlett Ford. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by World of Spas. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. All right, almost midnight. Edmonton loses 4-3 in a shootout to Calgary. Lindholm in the first. Yamamoto, Mangiapane, Chason, Mangiapane in the second. Chason in the third. And then in the shootout. Nugent Hopkins, no. Monaghan, yes. McDavid, no. Kachuk, no. Dreisaitl, no. And that ended the game. 4-3. Calgary takes it. Lost in a shootout last night to the Blues. Coming back with the uh, with the victory this evening. And uh, so for the Flames, Rob, it's a home-and-home. Home. But Edmonton has to play St. Louis on Friday, then go to Calgary. Well, I mean, it's, it's the schedule maker made this as fair as possible. Both teams had to play St. Louis a night before they play in the other team's barn. Both teams had to play the second of back-to-backs against the other team in the other team's barn. Uh, it is a tough stretch. For the three and four games is, is tougher, I believe, than playing just back-to-back. But if the Oilers' next two games are as entertaining as this one was tonight, I'm looking forward to it. So uh, they got two tough games ahead of them. St. Louis, again, is stand, defending Stanley Cup champions, having another fantastic year. They are playing well. Uh, you you feel battered in blue, and after playing St. Louis, they they are a tough team to play. Against. They're big, they're physical, they got good goaltending, they're deep up front, they got defensemen that can play. You know, they got their four very strong defensemen. Their third pairing is good as well. So it's a tough weekend on the road for the Edmonton. Or, or excuse me, tough weekend on the road or for both games, a home and home with, yep. for the Edmonton Oilers. But points are at a premium right now. Vancouver winning again tonight. They, they just can't lose the Vancouver Canucks right now. So it, if the Oilers want to stay in the race, they got to find some points against two very good opponents. All right, seven, seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We'll bring Zach onto the show. Zach, it's now midnight. You're the first caller of the new day. Go ahead. Thanks. It's quite an honor. Um, pretty disappointed in in Dry's Idol. Like really, uh, it's time to play big boy hockey. You know, not this uh, kind of. Um, skills competition hockey that we've unfortunately seen from the Oilers repeatedly over the last 10 years, at least since Taylor Hall came onto the team. Like, um, he's not Connor McDavid, so there's a time to make a um, a play, and there's a, a you know, there's a time to make a play, and then there's a time not to make a mistake. 
And unfortunately, like after Drysdale comes in with his own entry, he tries to make plays that are low percentage plays and result in turnovers. And he does it both um, at, at even strength and on the power play. And so, like tonight, we saw he comes in, he, he comes over the line, and he makes a really dumb pass up the middle of the ice. Uh, sorry, across the ice that causes an on-mad rush in the other direction. This is why he is minus 14 on the Oilers. And this is why the Oilers are um, minus 7, or not minus 7, but have 7 shorthanded goals uh, scored against them on our power play, which, by the way, we shouldn't think of it as a 30% uh, power play. It's more like a... 25% power play because we have to account for the uh, shorthanded goal scored against us. So well, I, I, I got I, I to stop you right there. Leon Dreisaitl, he had an up and down game today. Leon Dreisaitl mm-hmm. is one of the best players in the National Hockey League. He's leading Without the league in scoring. He's he, the, one of the reasons the Oilers have, there's two main reasons the Oilers have the best power play unit in the National Hockey League. One's named Connor McDavid, one's named Leon Dreisaitl. So, Zach, what do you do? Let me, let, well, let's ask you this. You're identifying the problems that, that we all see. What do you do? Well, like you can't, I, I wouldn't, you can't bench him, you can't limit his ice time. The no, team's no, worse. No, so, so, so what do you do? He needs to learn when he needs to make a play and when he just needs to get the puck in deep. You know, I, I completely disagree with you. I completely disagree with you. Leon Dreisaitl made mistakes tonight, but Leon Dreisaitl has the ability to make plays that only one other player the, on his team can do. He has got free, free carte blanche from the coaching staff to do it. He makes more good plays than he makes bad plays. He's, he's also leading the league in scoring. He's tied with Connor McDavid. So... Uh, I have a hard time harping on Leon Dreisaitl on the year that he's had. And the reason, like, I still don't understand how a guy could be leading the league in scoring and you got someone calling and complaining about him like that. It boggles my mind. All right, 780-496-0063. We also have Robert standing by. Robert, go ahead. Thanks for calling. Uh, hey, guys. How you doing? Good. Um, well... I, I, so I, well, I, I want to briefly touch on that uh, that last caller complaining about Drysaitl. I mean, I mean, look, Drysaitl, he's, he's not he's not at the he's not at the uh, at the top of the at the at the top of the league in scoring, tied with McDavid because of because he makes low percentage plays. I would say 95 percent of the time, Drysaitl makes makes the right play with the puck. So. I mean, so yeah, I think I, I, I think somebody I think somebody looking for for something to complain about because uh, uh, because we lost. But uh, that being said, I think uh, I think against, uh, I think against St. Louis, I think the the Oilers, I think they're uh, they're going to have to be uh, they're going to have to be uh, uh, on their game from uh, uh, from the start because. You know, they talked about the Oilers were a little slow first seven or eight minutes tonight. Mm-hmm. No, and you can you can you cannot afford to come out slow against a team like St. Louis. Team like St. Louis can uh, can uh, 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 can bury you in the in the first uh, seven or uh, eight minutes of, of a game if you're slow. And then I wanted to finish off by saying, I think I think Friday. I think we I think you got to start uh, you got to start Koskinen because he needs to uh, he needs to get into a game because I think uh, now the 
the uh, uh, the longer he sits, the more you uh, the, uh, the more you worry about rust. So if it, if it were me, I, I would I would play Koskinen Friday and then go back to Smith Saturday and hope hope maybe maybe Calgary decides to go with Talbot. Thanks, Robert. Well, I, I think I think Calgary will go with Riddick just because it's not a back-to-back for them. But and after the way he played tonight, yeah, good yes. game today. But no, but good thoughts there from uh, from 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 Robert for sure. You know, I just I just want to say this to Zach, and you know, we we can discuss it. We can discuss any player. I mean, it's a it's a hockey crazy country, obviously, but, but, you know, oil country's crazy for the Oilers. We'll discuss any player. We'll pick apart any player, and, and Dreisaitl did make some bad plays tonight. Yep. Probably more than a you, and obviously that was a horrible pass to run. Like, there's no other bit. He made a huge, that was a massive, massive mistake, but I think the, the standard isn't perfection. I mean, it's not you're either perfect or you're crap. I, I mean... If Dreisaitl has a 20-year career like the likes of Tom Brady had, he's going to throw some interceptions along the way. Mm-hmm. But that's, that, that's all I'm saying. So I don't think... Uh, I, I, Zach, if you're still listening, I think we recognize the mistakes Leon made tonight. And hopefully... He, I mean, Zach said he wanted him to learn. Well, hopefully he will. I mean, I'm sure there's players in their early 30s that are still learning about the, the National Hockey League and adapting their games. So... That, that's what I would say tonight. 780-496-0063. We have Rocket on the line. Oilers lose 4-3 in a shootout. Go ahead, Rocket. Hey, guys. How you doing? Good. Uh, let me put it, put it into perspective for Zach, and I'll take it back to the early 80s when Paul Coffey was playing, and he used to get blamed all the time for throwing beach balls up the ice, but his banner's hanging in the jersey right now. So, uh, um, you know, let's not make mountains out of molehills, Zach. Uh, let me get on to uh, what I wanted to talk about, which was the Battle of Alberta, which is completely renewed. And I don't think it's just renewed in Alberta. I think this, the way the media has hyped this all up and, and you know, the restart of the National Hockey League after the break, I think every team is looking at this game. And I think this, this game is ramped up like the NHL. And, and put it into, uh, you know, high gear. And Rob Brown, you took the words right out of my mouth when you said that guy turned his skates and stick. It was almost like Benning's a right, right-hand shot, and he just had a clear lane. I'm sure he was wondering, like, what that guy was doing, like if he thought he was dumping in it or going wide. <clears throat> there was a similar play with Dreisaitl, if you remember Deke from his own zone, made a nice move between uh, the guy's stick and, you know, proceeded to go Bobby Orr and, and almost got it, except with Dreisaitl's case, the defender, he was even with the defender, and Dreisaitl tried to do the drop back and shoot through the stick thing, whereas Benning, he basically, very nice play and, and great on him. I mean, I was just like, I just saw this play from Dreisaitl like literally two minutes prior and Benning pulled it off, but uh, you're right, that defenseman turned to skates like he was going to dump it into the corner and he was already at the hash marks. Yeah, and Benning uh, realized it. Benning read what he did. And Benning read it. And, 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 and Ford coming down with the puck, you're, you're looking at a lot of things, but one of the main things you're looking at is the defenseman's feet. And if they turn one way, you go the other way, and you've got them beat. 
because the yep. player can't adapt to it. So, that, I mean, that's Connor McDavid. That's what he does. When he comes down with speed, he comes down. As soon as he sees the defenseman cross one way, he's going the other way, and there's not a player in the league that can catch him. So, And I, what a big goal for him, and what a big read for him to to see that he had. Because somebody said McDavid was on the ice, and the other defenseman went, went right to him, right? So there's no play. And then all of a sudden he's got like this free lane in the middle <laughs> and just undresses, and makes a nice move and undresses him. I absolutely loved it. Hey, I'm 54 years old and I, this is this battle of Alberta. I don't care what the players say in the media. This is far from over, like far from over. Oh, this is sure. only going to get hotter and hotter and hotter as the playoff. I hope Calgary and Edmonton meet in the playoffs. There's nothing I'd like to see more than another 80s rematch. Well, well again, if it, if it ends, if the season ended today, they would be playing each other That'd in the first great. round. And it would be. Oh, my God, that would be fantastic. And, Rocket, you don't sound a day over 60. Thanks for calling. <laughs> yeah, hey, thanks, guys. <laughs> That's uh, Rocket, who calls us pretty regularly, so I like having fun with him for sure. Uh, Tyler's going to finish the play in a second here, but let's go back down to the Calgary dressing room for BDO First Call Debt Solutions, Bankruptcies and Consumer Proposals, License Insolvency Trustees, the Stick Flip Celebration, goaltender David Riddick. I know those three guys who went on the shootouts are uh, really good players. Uh, two, are, uh, two of them are top in the league, so uh, it's really good they didn't score, and uh, we, we, we took two points here. So you had to stop them a few times during the game, and then all of a sudden you get rewarded at the end with having to face all three again, basically in a breakaway. I mean, uh, during the game, that's why I'm there, right? I want to help the guys out, and uh, I want to make those saves to, uh, to take two points. Perfect. Thanks, Steve. And what was it like out there um, <laughs> for you and for, I guess, overall? I mean, uh, they, had, they had a lot of power plays, so uh, it, was, it was a little hard because, you know, they got, they got a really good team, especially, especially, especially the first power play line. So uh, they locked us in our, in our zone and uh, they had a couple of good looks, but uh, guys did a really good job, block shot, box out and stuff like that. So it was awesome. They didn't have much in the power play. So, uh, yeah, uh, overall game was, was good. We taken two points and that's the most important thing right now. And your overall thought on the guys that... <coughs> tonight? Uh, I mean, I didn't expect the first one, but uh, the second one, every, everyone expected, right? Read this, David Riddick. Okay, Flames goaltender David Riddick there, Kyle Morris in the dressing room for the uh, Calgary Flames, Brendan Escott working in the Oilers room. Yeah, I don't know if anybody expected Nugent Hopkins, Monaghan, kind of summed it up. He was good, and, and his, the Oilers didn't have a great start to the game, but Looking back at my notes here, a minute and a half into the game, he stops Dreisaitl. Uh, 11 minutes of the game, he stops Cassian on a two-on-one. Five minutes left in the first period, he stops McDavid, who split the defense and went in alone. Dreisaitl had another good chance with a minute left in the first period. It, it could have been 2-1 Oilers after the first period, and you probably still would have said Riddick had a good period. I he, agree. Had, he had a good game? Well, it, it, the, the first one to me was the one that he saved on Dreisaitl. A wonderful little pass by Yamamoto. And Drysaddle put the puck right where he wanted to. Got yeah. it, the perfect deflection, Riddick. And it would have been 40 seconds after Calgary already scored. Which like, would have yeah. been huge at the moment. Uh, Riddick was, was excellent, and that's why uh, the one caller thought was hoping that it would be Talbot in net Saturday going against Smith, but it will be Riddick because the, the game he played tonight, and you could just see the emotion in the game. Now it, It's funny, and they showed Leon Drysaddle taking a look back after 
when he, the celebration, but when he does the little stick flip, uh, it, it, it was funny, probably a little unneeded, but it just showed you the the emotion in this game. And how, I mean, he just had to face down Drysaddle, McDavid, and Nugent Hopkins. He blanked all three of them. I guess he deserves the, the celebration. So we will see him Saturday night. He was excellent, and as Smith was as well as the game went on. Uh, Riddick had a little stare down with Chase on there in the third period, too. Oh, that was after he punched him in the head, too. <laughs> I mean, there is, again, that, that easily could have been a penalty. Yeah. The ref didn't call it. Um, but then it was weird because then they gave Drysaddle and Kachuk penalties for slashing. They were just two little love taps. Well, I think, because you and I kind of looked at each other and rolled our eyes after that happened, but... Nugent Hopkins and Kachuk slashed each other, and then Dreisaitl slashed Kachuk, and then Kachuk, and none of them were vicious, but I wonder if you're the referee sitting there thinking, enough's okay, enough. if I let two slashes get away, yeah. then players are going to think, well, two is legal tonight, I'll just stop at two. <laughs> so he probably didn't want to open the door there for more. All right, Tyler's our guy who's going to finish the play tonight. Tyler, do you have a thought or a question first, or do you want to just dive into the contest? Uh, we'll go right into the contest. All right, sounds good. Just for playing, you have up to eight days parking at Jet Set Parking. Best price on Edmonton Airport parking. Book online, jetsetparking.com. Self-park as low as $5.98 per day with the promo code CHED. See if McDavid goes with that move or he cuts from the far left and then cuts back across. McDavid, one of three this season. In across the line, angling to his right. All right, McDavid shootout attempt, Tyler. Did he shoot wide or did he hit the goalpost? He hit the goalpost. See if McDavid goes with that move or he cuts from the far left and then cuts back across. McDavid, one of three this season. In across the line, angling to his right, shoots off the post. Two shots and two posts. Tyler, well done. Your name goes into the grand prize draw for one hour at Fast Track Indoor Karting. That's valued at 1000 bucks. Safe adrenaline pumping fun. Fast Track Karting Edmonton. Dot com. Nugent Hopkins also hit the post in the shootout. Drysaddle was poke-checked. Monaghan got the only goal. The Flames take it 4-3. We still got to hear from Dave Tippett. We'll get to that when we get back to Studio 99. Overtime open line presented by Heartland Ford. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by World of Spas. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio. 630 chip. Russell over to Matt Benning. He'll skate it in right-hand side. Makes a beautiful move inside. Hannafin shoots and scores! What a finish by Matt Benning! Who had not finished the game since November the 16th! GCL Diesel is Benning been back in the lineup and a big goal tonight. Tied it with 8-11 left, but the Oilers could not get over the hump from there. They lose 4-3 in a shootout to the Calgary Flames. Really good game in the Battle of Alberta. Uh, disappointing result for the Oilers who have not beaten the Flames this season. 0-2-1 against Calgary. So Edmonton's record 26-18-6. Calgary now 27-19-6. Separated by a couple of points in the standings. Well, I, this guy uh, is available on Sunday because he uh, he's, doesn't have any commitments this year during the Super Bowl. Maybe he'll just call us and talk all day. It is Scott in Boston, where it's 20 after 2 in the morning. My goodness, Scott. Have you been sipping coffee all day so you can join us? What's going on? Reed, thank you for taking the call. Rob, what's up? I'll never lie to you. I just made a Captain and Coke. I'm off tomorrow. <laughs> I've been listening on hold for an hour. I love your show. I love Edmonton Oilers. And I'm still dreaming of Edmonton, Boston, 
Stanley Cup final. Now, listen, Reed, yes. cut me off because I have trivia for Rob. I got him tonight, and it's a, it's a Who's, Who reference. wins on Sunday? Who wins the Super Bowl? Who, who's, playing? who's playing? Who's you playing? You stopped following it once the Patriots were out. That's unbelievable. Oh, Super Bowl. I was thinking hockey, Reed. Uh, uh, San Fran. San Fran's the winner. Um, San Fran's got a better defense. Garoppolo has been coached by Brady and Belichick. And there's oh, shots. From- always ties it back. Everything happens because of the Patriots. Okay, anyway. San Fran's going to win the game. If you're a gambler, put some money on San Fran. Yeah, Mahomes, what the hell is his name? He, he, trust me, he's wet behind the ears. He's green. Garoppolo and their defense got this. San Fran. All right. I hope. Hey, remember, Reed, cut me off for trivia. Rob, are you there? I am here. I got you tonight in trivia. hope you're ready. All I'm right, ready. let's hit Edmonton real quick, though. I do have a couple points, Reed, and thank you for taking the call. This team, I'm telling you right now, they may be in the playoff picture, Reed. They're not a playoff team. If the playoffs started, and I'll tell you why, if the playoffs started today, they'd get swept. Why? They've got no grit. I did like to see a fight tonight, but they don't have any toughness. They got nothing. I sit there, I listen, read. I really do. I don't get it on TV, but I put on Ched. Uh, .com, and I listen to the game. McDavid and Dreisaitl are poetry in motion. They're like the ice capades. But when playoff time, they'd get swept. They got no grit. So I'll say to you what I said about five months ago. Give me the toughest, fastest kid in Bakersfield. What's his name? Somebody tell me. What's his name? There's I'm going gonna, gonna, gonna to tweet. Their best player in Bakersfield right now is a guy named Benson. He's not he fast. Tough? He's not fast and he's not tough. And Who's the toughest kid in Bakersfield? It doesn't kidding. matter. You'll never the see him. The toughest player in Bakersfield isn't on an a- even on an NHL deal. So that's what the well, league Rob, thinks of him. Rob and Reed, if I was the GM of Edmonton, and if Wayne Gretzky is listening, first of all, Wayne, I love you. Um, this team needs some grit. Move the two bottom third and fourth line down to Bakersfield. Give me some hungry kids right out of college. I'm telling you right now, if this team went to the playoffs tonight, they'd get swept. Well, maybe, but your solution your solution is, isn't the solution. Maybe they would get swept. Maybe they don't have the grit. We'll find out when they get the playoffs. But your solution is not the solution. Bring, is calling player, signing players out of the NCAA who've never played in the NHL to play on your third and fourth lines. I mean, seriously, you think if they have if you more want grit, grit than the players that are, uh, like... If you want grit, you get Western Hockey League players. You don't get yeah, you sign bringing guys straight to the Western Hockey League. Well, I didn't, did I, I didn't insinuate that they were NCAA players. I assume they bring in college kids. Bring in college kids. Bakersfield is all college kids? No, but you said to bring you in said, college you kids. You said to bring in college kids. I said, Bakersfield, give me the toughest, fastest players. Who's hungry? Rob, you know this. You play in the NHL. Give me hunger. Give me a kid who's dying to sign an NHL contract. I could walk down the street and find a kid that would die to play in the NHL. Doesn't mean he's good enough to yeah. play here. Do you know who the, the most recent call-up from Bakersfield is? I do not. Please educate me. It's Kyler Yamamoto. He has seven points in nine games. He plays in the Oilers' second night. Kyler Yamamoto has grit. He's not well, there big, you go. But, he plays you're, you're but, he, but he's usually one big. It's t- he's not tough or fast either. He's he's five foot six. Well, I'm just saying. This, I'm just telling Scotty has some of his characteristics. 
I'm telling you guys. I know, Rob, not as much as you. You played the game. I know hockey. Trust me. I'm going again. Calgary's coming to town February 25th. I went to the Edmonton game, by the way. Edmonton beat Boston. I looked, one. It was we awesome. you didn't think, the Oilers, you didn't think the Oilers showed grit in that game? I thought that was one of their grittiest games of the year. No, they're, the, they're the ice cafe. You ever see Disney on ice reads? That's I, don't what, I don't know what Disney Did is. Did we win the Boston game? Yes, 4-1. Okay, I thought so. Yeah, 4-1. Okay, trivia time. Trivia time, Scott. All right, but just close and then trivia. Oh, Um, trivia right now. Edmonton better toughen up or they're going to get swept. All right, trivia. This is a tough one, uh, excuse me, Rob. Mm. This is Matthew Kuchuk reference. This is a tough You're up on me. I keep track. You're up on me 12-10. Matthew Kuchuk, three-part question. Who was his father? Where did he play college, and who were his line mates? Very difficult one. Well, I know it's Keith Kachuk. Where where he played college? One. Yeah, but yeah. Mean, where did he play? I don't I don't worry about college guys. Matthew Kachuk played in the OHL. Where did Keith no, Kachuk play? Where did Keith Kachuk play? Come on. He would have been. He would have well, been. Probably a, what, a Boston school, wouldn't it have been? Did he play Boston with Tony University? Tony Amani. Guess who his line mates were? Guess Tony Amani and Jeremy Roenick. Tony, not a, no, Roenick played with Amonti in high school at their academy. At BU, though, it was um, it was Keith Kachuk, Tony Amonti, and remember uh, Greer, he was African American player. Yeah, you got to give me credit. I just, I guess Boston, I guess Keith Kachuk, and I got Tony Amonte. I mean, that's pretty By the good. Way, real quick, before you nobody go cares about Keith Kachuk up here. Hey, listen, before you hang up on me, Reed, catch a little segue off of Rob's point. How, I hope, is all of Canada listening? I love hockey so much. Imagine this high school line, Jeremy Roenick and Tony Amonti on their academy. They say it's the best high school okay, line in the history Scott. of hockey. Thanks, hey, Scott. Later, Appreciate buddy. It. We'll fall asleep dreaming of that line. <laughs> <laughs> that was Scott in Boston. And I, I, I disagree. I think I'm up about 16 to 4. And I'm it's take, not close. You're and dominating. And I'm taking that one. I did get Keith. I got Boston. And I got one of his linemates. How do I know who he played? That was 30, that was 40 pretty, years ago. That was pretty good. That was a long time ago. That was pretty good. And actually, and we should probably... How do we know he's even telling the truth? Well, we don't. We don't. <laughs> we don't. Flames win 4-3 in a shootout. The Oilers are coached by Dave Tippett. Here he is. Uh, Dave, all the talk uh, this morning was about this game and getting two points. Uh, you fall one short. What did you think of your, your team's performance tonight? I thought the first 10 minutes we looked rusty from the break. We were jittery with the puck, chasing the puck. And uh, even though we, we gave up the goal they got, it was a fluky goal. It's, uh, we weren't, I was hoping we'd start a little quicker, but then once we got going in the second period, I thought we were all right. Um, some coverage issues on some goals that are I'd like to see a better job done there, and we're just making some mistakes that Schmidt was able to clean some up tonight, but we're making too many bad mistakes for a tight game like that. So, uh, tight game, we hit two posts in the shootout. What are you going to do with the extra point? But there's a hard-fought game. We were looking for two points, not one. With all the other storylines swirling around this, uh, how did you think your team did in terms of managing that part of the game, but also keeping those two points? I thought we were fine. I, the, the, word, the part that bothered me about you know the first ten minutes, we looked we looked rusty from the break, and you know you can expect that. You don't you worry about that, but but you hope you can overcome it with three days practice. But we looked uh, we weren't crisp with the puck early on, so that was that was a concern, and then. You know, the, the second and third goal are some coverage issues that we I'd like to see us do a better job there. 
and that's uh, and Schmidt made some big saves on some of the mistakes we made. Uh, how do you analyze Nuge as a fighter tonight? Well, it's everybody's involved in the game, you know. That's uh, everybody knew it was going to be a competitive game. That's what that's what we expect. That's what you know. That's you know more than the hype about anything about Cass or Kachuk or everything. You knew it was going to be a hard-fought game. That's what Nuge is fighting for a space. Monahan's fighting for a space. That's fine. So it didn't surprise you to see Nuge throwing him. Well, I don't think he does it very often, but it doesn't surprise me. In a hard-fought game, he's a competitive guy. What did you think of the Giordano hit on McDavid? I haven't looked at it yet. i got to look at it yet. Follow-up tomorrow. That sounds good. Okay. Uh, uh, you you signed Cassian today to a four-year extension. Just Can you talk a little bit about what his presence has meant to this team over the last while? Well, I think that's something that Kenny's been working on for a while. It's good to have him signed. He's uh, he's part of our team. He's uh, you know, a really well-liked guy in the dressing room. His game, I think there's still more upside in his game. He's a big, uh, hard player. He's got a presence on the ice. And, uh, um, you know, I think he wanted to stay here. Kenny and him were able to work out a deal. So it's uh, good for both sides. Um, it feels like that should be. Sorry about that. Uh, Matt Benning getting back in the lineup. He obviously scored the big goal late, but uh, otherwise, what, including the goal, what did you Solid. Solid. He, you know, he's got to get up speed a little bit, but uh, solid. Scored a great goal. Gave us a chance to win the game. All right, that is Dave Tippett, head coach of the Edmonton Oilers. For more on this game, more on Zach Cassian's new contract, head to 630Ched.com or globalnews.ca. The Flames win it 4-3 in a shootout this evening. Our next game broadcast is Friday. The face-off show is 5.30. The puck drop is 7 here at Rogers Place, Oilers and St. Louis Blues. Stoffer has Oilers now from noon to 2. I will have inside sports from 6 to 8. More on this game. Look ahead to Sunday's Super Bowl as well. That one is going to be fun. Thanks to Troy Bowler, our engineer here at Rogers Place, and to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer, back at the 630 Chet Broadcasting Compound. Oilers Hockey is presented by World of Spas Overtime Open Line, courtesy Heartland Ford. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for listening. Have a good night. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.